Let's break down National Mike Muscala Day. Wednesday in the NBA, 10 games on. It's all coming up. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I have never been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the lower the lowercase yeah use the lowercase code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Thumb up, bell, comment, subscribe. Easy. Plus, I know you want to chuck in a double bang. Sometimes you might want to just single. I believe in you. I think you've got the ability and the stamina to double bang. So head across and listen to the audio and then watch the video, vice versa. And also trade deadline show Thursday, Feb 8, 1 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Come and check it out. We've got 10 games on, so you know I'm going to waffle. So let's get into these games and talk about what we need to talk about. In fact, let's just go straight to the news. We did get somewhat of an update on Joel Embiid's knee, but that wasn't really an update. All we know that Embiid is out tomorrow, and then maybe in the next 24 hours, we get more information regarding the MRI and diagnosis. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I can't even give uh, any sort of educated guess. Because when I do give educated guesses on injuries, it's because I see an injury or you hear a diagnosis of an injury. And then you understand the usual recovery for that. This was like, guy lands on knee. Like, okay. Six months? A week? No idea. I don't actually know what the injury is. They haven't said there's damage to a ligament. They haven't said there's just swelling or bruising. Nothing. I've got no idea. So I don't know with Embiid how long it's going to be out. What I do know, as I've featured on two shows already today, is you just grab Paul Reed and you figure it out later. We use him tomorrow. Deeper leagues, you add Mo Bumba or Marcus Morris. I go Bumba over Morris, but that's for deeper leagues. And then we figure it out. I don't know for Embiid. I've got, I couldn't tell you how long it's going to be because, again, I don't know the injury. I know there was already soreness in that knee, and now there's a hyperextension injury. If I had to guess the minimum, I'd say two weeks is a minimum. But I don't know. That's a complete guess. That's trying to like read tea leaves, and I just don't know. I talked a lot on the Daily Look Ahead show earlier today about, hey, the value there of Luke Kennard if he's available, and he's not. He's doubtful, so that's what, three or four in a row for knee soreness for Kennard? And he had that knee injury to begin the season, and yeah, I... Yep, you can't hold on to that. Too much uncertainty, too much of a nonsense organization at the moment to be holding on to Canard and drop him and add him back later on. And then we get that value of, hopefully, a Scott Pippen, who I'd look at, especially on a, a four-game Thursday. Pippen is a streamable player. Probably more 14s, but in 12s, yeah, like there is a potential. But I just think there's going to be so many guys on that team in and out that it's hard to trust that game by game. The other one we got is Evan Mobley. We'll talk more about Mobley later on, but apparently he's going to play tomorrow. Limited minutes on the back-to-back. Why, why wouldn't you when you come back early from knee surgery and then uh, play the back-to-back? Yeah, sense is uh, one of those things that uh, is always abundant. We love we love our common sense, don't we? It's always great to have that. So we're going to talk about games. That's what we should do at this point. We'll just get into the first game. The Hornets made a uh, lineup change. Bryce McGowan started for some reason over PJ Washington. That is the direction they decided to go in, and that is what they did. So let's have a look. Did it work? Well, not sort of. They were up early on the Bulls, and in the end, they did not get the victory. Chicago wins it 117-110. Desumu just continues to show that you need to add him. 39 minutes, 16, 1-6, 3 steals, a block. This guy has never been this player before, but he is now, so it doesn't matter. Levine is out. Williams is out. His minutes are up. He's top 60 over the last two weeks. Easy. Add him. Kobe White, 43 minutes for Kobe. Uh, 35-7-9, that is huge. While Caruso had a nice bounce back. Another three blocks for Caruso. This guy's blocking unbelievable amount of shots. 10-5-2 with two triples. And DeRozan couldn't keep up his uh, defensive stat cornucopia from yesterday. And another subpar efficiency game from DeMar. I was out on DeMar as a draft guy at draft time for many reasons. Guys who were 34. Or th- was he 33 or 34? At some point there is a wall that gets hit. 
it's a lower usage, but it's mostly a lower efficiency thing that happens. So I just don't want to bank on efficiency holding, especially when it's at like career high numbers. It's worked out all right. 40% from the field, 75 from the line here. Won't say he's been bad because he hasn't. He just hasn't been that guy that some people were thinking was a third round player. He's obviously nowhere near that. Vooch was also really good here. His efficiency continues to be a real problem though. 33%, sorry, 33 minutes, 46% from the field, 22, 12 and three with two blocks. But the extra usage that he gathers with Levine out does help him. There's not much else going on there. We got uh, Julian Phillips' minutes reduced and the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, got more here. 20 minutes for Taylor, three and seven. That's something that doesn't matter for most of us. For the Hornets, Washington, 36 off the bench. Why they moved him to the bench, I don't know. 26 and eight with three threes and a block on 59%. It's a massive hot streak for PJ. You look to sell high. And I think you could also consider Miles Bridges a huge sell high as well. 30 and 14, five assists, one steal, three blocks, six dribbles. That is a gigantic game. He's putting together a huge run. They are playing him a million minutes at the moment, like 41 minutes here. He does have the power to block any trade, but I don't know whether he wants to be traded. I don't know whether he wants to stay in Charlotte. I don't know what is going to happen, but I also know that there is a two-game playoff week coming for uh, Miles Bridges later on this season if he stays in Charlotte, and the outcomes of him being dealt is like a drop in value. The outcomes of him staying in Charlotte is a bad playoff schedule. And he's also like just outperforming all expectations right now. So there is a huge sell high chance, I think. Well, let's check on Brandon Miller, whose value is just, it's all over the shop. 21 points, again, looks good on the surface. He's playing a ton of minutes, 38 of them. But efficiency, 38%. Because he doesn't do enough else. One rebound, three assists. He hit three threes. Doesn't get to the line that much. He doesn't do enough in those other areas. It's all going to be a very up and down efficiency run from Brandon. He still needs to be rostered, but we always need to sort of monitor where he's at. Cody Martin had seven points on 30%, which stinks, but he did add six assists. He is playing point guard at the moment. I don't know when Lamelo is going to be back. I think he might be back next game, but I also, it's the Hornets, man. I don't know when he's going to be back. An old mate, Leaky Black, played 13 minutes while Bryce McGowan started for reasons that nobody knows. He played 13 minutes for five points. Nick Smith down to 12 minutes as well. Shout out to your mates, the Charlotte Hornets. We'll go on to the other games or the rest of the games in just a second. But today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Why is it easy? Well, instead of worrying about salary caps, instead of worrying about tournaments with thousands of people in them and pros in there really coming to take your money, you can go in and just take PrizePix's money because it's you one-on-one against them. They put up player projections and you look at the number and you just say more or less. You put between two to six of those into an individual entry and you can win up to 25 times your money back. Really straightforward stuff. You can also got their reboot policy. So if someone gets hurt in the first half and doesn't return in the second half, well, that player just gets rebooted. That is unique amongst DFS uh, sites, getting that injury insurance. So go to pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let's go on to the second game of the day. It was the Clippers and the Washington Wizards. We did have some lineup changes here. Paul George was out with that groin injury, which is definitely not a problem. He's totally okay. He was out there. Amir Coffee started. And then Jordan Poole was announced as a starter. And then they said, actually, no, he's sick. So Bilal Kulabali got the start in that one. And you reckon I might have something to say about that? Yes, I do. So let's look at the game. The Clippers win it easy, 125-109. I'll talk about the Wizards stuff in a second. For the Clippers, Harden is just, he's just rolling, man. 25, 9, and 5, two steals and four blocks. The problem, the annoying thing with Harden is we know he's a good fantasy guy. We just was like, how much is he, when is he going to play in draft time? Like, when? When is he going to be there? Is he going to half-ass it playing for the Sixers? But no, he's just dominating. Like, this man is top 20 this season. Just huge stuff. Kawhi, 31 and 9, four steals and a block. Also dominating stuff. You could have got both of these guys in the 30s of drafts. Huge Ws. We also got the Farmers Union stepping up. Coffee in his start for George, played 21 minutes, had 17 points. I wouldn't rely too much on that. The Cockroach played 19 minutes, he had 5 and 11. Mason Plumley. this is not a 12-team league player, unfortunately. Get that garbage out of here! Nor is Daniel Tice, who had 4 points, nor is Russell Westbrook. Get that garbage out of here! Who played 21 minutes and had 9, 3, and 7 on 36% from the field and 50% from the line. Again, 
you don't need to roster Russell Westbrook, who is apparently, according to our advanced roster percentage, 96% rostered in 12-team leagues. Guys, what are you doing? Uh, BJ Boston, 27 minutes. I like BJ. (laughs) I actually did not mean that, but yeah. I also like Brandon Boston, 12 points in 27 minutes. Steal, block, three. It's great. I think he's a good player. It's just impossible to find minutes. Maybe there's a little bit of something here in those deeper formats where um, yeah, BJ gets a little bit of a run if George is out. I don't know if George is going to be out. They've got a pretty easy schedule coming up here. I believe they had the Pistons and Hornets coming up. Maybe not in that order. So just keep an eye on that. While Powell is a stream guy, 14-7-3. For the Wizards, like I said, they announced Jordan Poole in the lineup and then they said he's scratched due to an illness. This is where I just say it's ridiculous. I've got no problem with... Well, I have, I have a lot of problems with NBA injury reporting. They just will not take the easiest easiest solution to this problem, they won't take it. And I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why they don't do it. But I've got no problem if someone's out there warming up and they sprain their ankle. You go, okay, what can I do about it? Like we do it, we make the change, we take a fine that's associated with that. All that is cool. There is zero chance that Jordan Poole was fine. They get there five minutes before the game starts. Like literally the game's supposed to start at seven and it was at 7.05 that we get the notification. There is zero chance that Jordan Poole goes, goes, uh, actually, I just all of a sudden feel sick. Did he get a migraine? Come on. I've never heard Jordan Poole suffers from migraines. I guess there could be... Now, I'll be fair, right? There might have been something else. Maybe he got diarrhea, just hit him out of nowhere. He ate something bad before the game and he, and he like, legit Paul pierced. That's possible, right? Or maybe it was a mental health panic attack. That is also possible. So I do apologize if those things happen because they can happen. But otherwise, it seems ridiculous, especially when they go, it's a non-COVID illness, which again, would suggest that you are talking about an upper respiratory tract infection, which doesn't just go, I'm totally fine. Oh, I'm so sick. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. So I don't know what, I don't know what the story was. I'll also ask you this because I tweeted this out. Every time something like this happens where there is an injury that you don't see happen on a court or an illness or a late scratch, the response is from multiple people everywhere. Is this a tr- this trade? Trade coming? It's getting, it's getting traded, yeah? This is a trade. All right? That gets asked every time. Every time I say no and every time I am correct. Because I'll ask you the question, when has that ever happened? Ever. When has it ever happened? And before you... I know you, Harrison Barnes, that is not what happened. DeMarcus Cousins, that is not what happened. Someone said Josh Hart, that is not what happened. Marcus Gasol was a close one, right? The Grizzlies scratched him before he got traded to the Raptors. And as JB Bickerstaff was going in for the um, press conference, Shams tweeted, Marcus Gasol is being held out of this game as they finalize a trade discussion to send him to Toronto. And they asked JB and JB said, I'm not going to comment on why he's out. Right, but that wasn't one of those ones where they said, again, my thing is out ankle injury, out illness, out personal, and then a day later we find out that it's because he got traded. Maybe I don't remember, but I do not, cannot remember a single instance of one of these injuries popping up, illnesses popping up, personals popping up on a on a injury report, and it's because that player is getting traded straight then. Prove me wrong. Drop it in the comments. I don't recall a single time that that has ever happened. And when we do find out that it has never happened, again, I don't think it ever has. Hopefully, we can stop all this. Anyway, Bill Isle played 37 minutes. That's really interesting. Nine, four, and two, one steal, two blocks. But what's really intriguing is he took 16 shots. I didn't think that Bill Isle would be able to take that many shots. Kuzma had 22 and Bill Isle had 16. That's really interesting. So does it just need one person gone for Bill Isle to be a 12-team league guy? Week and a half away from the deadline? Or not a week and a half, eight days. If you want to stash him, do it. That's it. I didn't think that would happen. Interesting. Gafford continues to just be unbelievable with defensive stats. He only played 22 minutes here, Gaff. He had six and eight with a steal and five blocks, and Bagley didn't take up the minutes. They played small. Bags had 10 and eight. I don't think Bagley is a 12-team league player. You've said, heard me say that many times. And we kept an eye on Denny Avdia minutes watch, and again, 26 only. Hmm. And that's with Belal starting next to him instead of coming behind him. Giggity. Uh, 13 and 5 for Denny with a triple one. He is definitely moving into drop zone. Tyus Jones had been playing well. Obviously, he's stunk here. But interestingly, he's 122nd over the last two weeks. Really downturn uh, stuff for him. I do think there is a risk of a trade coming, which will almost take him for sure out of 12 team discussions. 4, 4, and 7 on 22%. 
And Kuz had 27-2. and two. That is a Kuzma line. But at least he was really efficient, which is not something we can always say. Not a lot else going on there. More minutes for Kispert with pull out 16 points in his 20, 27 minutes. So the next, uh, the next game that we had up was the Detroit Pistons and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Pistons were able to keep this one relatively close, which is good for them. We had a couple of... Um, Lineup changes in this one we've got to talk about. Isaiah Stewart was out, so they decided that it would be a good idea to start start Mike Muscala, not Kevin Knox, not Asad Thompson. Cade was back, so that meant Killian Hayes went to the bench, and I got part of that right. I said Killian was going to be out of the rotation really soon. Soon was today. And then for the Cavs, Darius Garland returned, and Isaac Okoro uh, was out of the lineup. So Garland started, Okoro was out. Cool. We got that happening, and uh, we'll talk about the game now. 121, Detroit, 128, Cleveland. They started Muscala. He lasted four minutes. He played, oh, he hit a three and he was done for the night with a head injury. So in the second half, did they go to Kevin Knox if they'd been starting? No, 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 no. Did they try to get Asar Thompson in there? No, absolutely not. They started the Italian cock Danilo Gallinari, who had 23 minutes, 20 points and four threes. And Monty Williams said something really troubling after the game. Man, I love Gallo. He's really good. He's awesome. I can't wait to play him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are we gonna, oh, no, we're not, are we? We're not going to have Gallo in there, are we? Anyway, that's a good game from Gallinari. He's a really good player. He shouldn't be on a team this bad. You're not adding Gallinari, but you're watching to see what happens. Cunningham returned, 19-2-7, two steals and a block, W. Jaden Ivey, 29 minutes, 14-1-4, two steals and a block. Bad from the line again, weirdly, but good uh, field goals. And good to see the numbers next to Cade. Still not sure that Ivey is a 12-team league must roster with Cade back. But as I said, Killian, out of the rotation. They went with Sasser and Morris over him. Not that we're rostering any of them. Uh, passport legend Jalen Duran was pretty mid here, 10 and 9, while Bogdanovich had 17 and, and 4, and Kevin Knox played 20 minutes, and Asar, 18 minutes. 4 and 6, 2 steals. I I don't know what has to happen for Asar Thompson to be a 12-team league player. New coach? Because we had no Stewart in this one, and Thompson couldn't get in. Do we need Bogdanovich to go as well? I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, until we get to maybe late March. I don't think that a stash of Asar Thompson is uh, worth it, necessarily. Let us let us talk about the next game, um, which is, what is the next game? Oh, not the next game, the next team. Don Mitchell, 35 minutes, 45, 6 and 8, 2 steals, block, 6 dribbles. Wow, amazing. Garland played just the 20 minutes, but he had 19, 3 assists, 2 steals. Great game. And Mobley played 22 minutes, 8, 3 and 4. Like I said earlier, Mobley is expecting to play in the back-to-back tomorrow. What happened with uh, illness legend Jarrett Allen, who was sick before this game? 14-11, uh, a steal on a block. So I can't sit here and tell you that the decrease in production from Allen, zero assists, which was one of the huge things that had pushed Allen to a top 10 player. Um, that, is that all because of Garland and Mobley being back, or is it because he was ill? I'll lean towards the players returning because I've seen Jarrett Allen play with those guys, and he was never a top 10 or top 20 or top 30 player. And he was able to elevate his game, which is a sign of a really good player, uh, with those players out. And now he'll pull back, I'm guessing. Dracaris Levert had 11, 1, and 4, two blocks. Probably a good points league guy still, not a great category guy. And yeah, Max Struess, we are, um, we are, I don't know if I'm ready to make that call, but we are pretty close. Two points, 31 minutes, 16% shooting, one steal. And this is the thing. This is Max Struess. This is who Max Struess was in Miami. This is who Max Struess, remember when Max Struess used to play for Boston and Chicago? This is who he's been his entire career, apart from the first 25 games of this season. A guy that is okay, but definitely not a must-roster. And in fact, I am doing it. I'm calling it. Max Struess. Get that garbage out of here. Just not happening, is it? It was great while it lasted. It's not lasting. Maybe it comes back later. Sure. Move on. Okoro, 14 points, four steals, coming off the bench, played 30 minutes still. That'll change, I'm guessing, when Mobley and Garland get back into a uh, full-minute allotment, which they are um, not at at this point. Um, today's episode is also brought to you by Fan Jewel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all of those who celebrate. Thanks to Fan Jewel, America's number one sportsbook. If you are getting ready for your Super Bowl Sunday, because you should be, you know that you're just picking out the perfect spot where you're going to sit. You're picking out the food. What are you going to serve? What are you planning? What are you going to bring to whatever party you're going to? But you also got to look at what super bets you're laying down for the Super Bowl. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. First of all, just the matchup. Chiefs, 49ers, which side are you going to go with? What about the spread? Who's going to cover? 
What about any time touchdown scorer? What about Super Bowl MVP? What about who's going to win the coin toss? What about player props? Is Debo going to get over or under whatever they set the yards number at? I don't know. All those options are available over on Fangio. And new customers can jump in there, get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Simple. Go to Fangio.com slash locked on to sign up. That is Fangio.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. Um... So that's the Detroit-Cleveland game done. Let's move on to the next one. It was the Sacramento Kings and the Miami Heat. The Heat win it, finally. After losing seven in a row, they beat the Kings 115-106. These teams are both just like so mid and annoying. Sacramento, Keegan Murray played 38 minutes. Really good game from him. 33-5-2, seven triples, one steal, two blocks. Huge usage, huge efficiency. This is after he had, what, four points in 25 minutes last game. Consistency is still a real problem here. Speaking of consistency, at least Aaron Fox is consistent. Consistently bad. What is going on with this guy? 13 points, 37 minutes. I'm I'm pretty convinced his shoulder's bunged up. 13-5-3, 25 from the field, 67 from the line. One of the easiest calls ever that I had on the Sal High show. And one of the funniest is when the bloke tried to roast me for saying it. Like, one of the most perfect... I don't think he's had a single good game since then. Maybe one. This is veering into a gigantic buy low for Fox. While we can say that a lot of what happened last season and a lot of what happened this season was prime for regression, and it has, it's coming up from here. Like it's not he's not this bad. It's going to improve without any question. Sabonis had his triple double. Yes, I had a triple one, which is pretty rare. 38 minutes, 19, 17, and 13. And then the pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Who would have thunk it that Barnes would have nine points on 31% with no threes and no steals and no blocks and be ready to be jacked off? Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, we've seen it. For five years of him not being a 12-team league player. He had a hot streak of three games. Move on. Fan of pants. The, I was going to say Jekyll and Hyde nature of Herder and Mike Brown is interesting. I'm not sure if Jekyll and Hyde is the... I feel like it's one of those things that you use that analogy, but I'm not sure it's actually correct. Maybe I need to read that book. I won't. Anyway, this man was getting benched. So Chris Duarte, Chris Duarte could start. He was playing like 22 minutes, 19 minutes. Now, 39 minutes. Most minutes on the entire team. 14, 3, and 4. And when he's running hot, you use him. You try and sell high if you can, because I feel really good that there is going to... I feel good about it. But I feel confident there's going to be a cold streak that comes. Winter is coming. Oh, yeah. Um, and Leaky Monk, it's going to flip. Once you see the Leaky Monk Herder thing flip, go grab Leaky, drop Herder. Six points for Malik in 14 minutes with no other stats. What's going on here? This guy was flying as a top 60 player playing 30 minutes a night. Now he's in the Davion Mitchell role. What's going on with this squad? Mike, we have some questions. I'm not sure if you've got the answers though, unfortunately. For the Heat, Jim Butler. Yeah, let's go. 31-7-7, seven, and seven, 35 minutes. Maybe my 30-deep team can resurrect because Jimmy's playing. 71 from the field and 75 from the line. This is a really, really strong performance after, obviously, a, a horrid start to the season. He's now 20th over the last two weeks. He's 32nd per game for the year. He's missed a lot of games. Still not anywhere close to top 10 or anything like that, but some good numbers. And Josh Richardson, who two games ago was literally out of the rotation, played zero minutes. He had 24-5-3. and three. In 27 minutes. So congratulations if you somehow thought that this would happen. Because you didn't. And if you did, you're lying. Good game from Richo. I'm not adding it yet. I want to see what happens. Um, Hero, 14, 8, and 8. That's okay. There is still a buy low open here on, on Tyler. And I've had multiple people say that they are done and they are dropping Terry Rozier. And let me put this this way, right? It He was very obviously going to drop coming to Miami Rozier. He has dropped a lot. He's 173rd over his last five games. I believe that's all five in Miami. He played 30 minutes here. He had three points, five rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, and a block. We talked about how he led the league in passes received in his time in Charlotte, which is an astonishing fact. Astonishing. We said, oh no, he is going to lose a ton because that is not happening in Miami. But this line, I know it sounds stupid. It's actually pretty good. Ignore the points. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to do that. 
Five rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, one block. He shot 13%, one of eight. What if he goes four of eight? That's six extra points. Let's say one of them's a three, seven extra points. That's 11, five, 10, two steals, a block. And you go, I love that. That's awesome. What if he goes five of eight with three of them being threes? So out of those four extra shots, you get three of them being threes. That's 11 points on top of three. 14, five, and 10, two steals and a block on 55% shooting or whatever it is. You love it. That's all it takes. Is he going to be a 56% shooter? No. Is he going to be a 16% shooter? 13? No. I like the other stuff happening. So while it's very clear he is going to drop, I don't think you drop him from your roster. So I am weirdly encouraged by this. Adebayo had 16, 11, and 5. That's cool. While uh, Highsmith had 4 points in 16 minutes, and again, this was something that I thought was relatively easy to see, Jaime Jaquez is a drop. Get that garbage out of here! 8 and 4 in 25 minutes. People Dutch rutted the hell out of this guy. Like, and it, it made me seem like I hated the man. That I just couldn't recognize greatness. He had 8 points in 25 minutes. All his advanced metrics were significantly negative in that hot streak early in the season. He was doing it with two starters out and like three rotation players out. And I just didn't see anything special with, that would suggest he would hold that value. And he was shooting numbers that were nothing like what he did in college. And it was all, actually, you know what it's very similar to? Um, uh, Andrew Nempard as a rookie who started out shooting like 45% from three after being a 30% shooter in college. And everything just sort of crashed back down. And that's sort of what's happened with Huckers. Not to say that he can't be a really strong role player in the NBA. Um, perfectly for heat culture. Cool. Um, I know that sounds really snarky. It is. But Huckers is just not a very good fantasy player at this point. He needs a lot of things to go right for him. And he paired all of that great opportunity with well above expected performance. And it turned him into this really strong option. It's not happening anymore. Maybe it happens later on. Feel okay to move on, I think. All right, let's look at the next game. The New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Houston Rockets. Some changes to the lineups for the Pelicans because they had two starters out. So Trey Murphy started for Zion and Dyson Daniels stepped in for Herbalife Jones with both of those guys out um, of this game. Um, and yeah, a very, very interesting game, which we're going to talk about as soon as I can find where I'm, where I'm at. With what I'm doing, yep, here it is. We have got the Pelicans on the road without two starters, beating the Rockets 110-99. McCullum, 19-5-3, and continues to block shots at a crazy level. I've got a... I need, I need to check this. I know blocks are way up this season across the NBA, but what I think is also up is guard blocks. And I think they're sort of changing the definition of what a block is from a guard. Where, like, if you do, like, the slap-down swipe, they're counting it as a block. Because... Why is McCullum doubling his block numbers this season? Someone who has seen more Pelicans games than I have. Yeah, I don't watch every single second of the Pelicans. Same with every team. It's just, why is there so many blocks coming from him? It was great though. Ingram was also good. 24-10-4 with two blocks. And we had uh, Trey Murphy getting an opportunity and yeah, like struggling again. I I don't think you could hold on to Trey Murphy. Like this this is it. This is the games that you held for. 13 and 6 with three threes on 42%. That's not good enough. Get that garbage out of here! Nance had only 15 minutes, which is annoying. He's more of a 14-team league guy. Because what happened in this game, and we have seen this pattern time and time and time again, is Jonas, not Jonas, that's not how you pronounce it, Jonas Valanciunas gets limited when Zion plays. And when Zion doesn't play, his minutes go up. So he played 33 minutes. He had 25 and 14 with a block on 67% shooting, including today. Valanciunas is the 123rd ranked player over the last two weeks. But the value's Zion, really. So he'd been getting like 24 minutes, 23 minutes and not doing enough with them. This is great, but also use it to turn into a sell high if you can. If you can get a top 80 guy back, you do that immediately. The Dustbuster Dyson Daniels started also instead of Namua legend Jordan Hawkins, who had nine points with three assists in 24, while Hawkins had three and six in 23 minutes. Neither of these guys are 12-team league guys. Neither of these guys are 14-team league guys. And Najee Marshall played 31 off the bench. He had 10 and seven with a steal and a block. On the Rockets side, this is probably where more stuff was interesting because Yamei Doka just wasn't happy. But we'll start with the positives. Jalen Green, 
played 38 minutes. The Jollibee legend had 31, 4-4, four four, three steals, two blocks, and five triples. And after the, I went to... On Twitter, I said, yeah, like I'm not sure that Jalen's ever going to be the guy the Rockets think he's going to be. He's been like the best player in the league. Like That's an exaggeration, but also he's the ninth-ranked player over his last five games. This is a man who's been dreadful. Like He's not a top-130 player in category leagues this season. He's flying. I'd tell you it's a sell high because it is, but no one's buying into this. This is crazy what he's doing. He is just putting up dominating performances. Defensive stats, threes, big minutes, efficiency. I worry that it falls off, but this is like a snap your finger, everything change moment. I don't, don't really know what happened. Freaky Friday. Vavlid had 16 with five assists and two steals, and Shengun had 10 and 10 with five assists and two steals. Not his best game. He was benched at the end of the first half. Speaking of benched, do you reckon this guy might be the dud of the night, Jabari Smith? Zero points in 22 minutes. He had one rebound. He missed all six of his shots. He had a steal. He got benched basically at the start of the second half. And that's why his minutes were so low. He just had a stinker. And what that meant, that you would get more minutes from Cam Whitmore, except, no, not really. 20 minutes for Whitmore. He did the thing. He had 17 points again. That's nice scoring numbers. With zero rebounds, zero assists, and two steals. I believe he's got one of the worst assist rates in the last 10 years. Again, I do not believe that you need Whitmore on a 12-team league roster. I really like Cam Whitmore. I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to be a very strong fantasy guy as well. There are just too many things. And again, the last game we had no... Um, he was amazing with his scoring. This game, Smith got benched. And he's still playing only 20 minutes. I'm not rostering a guy who gets 20 minutes a night uh, on my 12-team roster when there's no clear path of someone getting dealt or hurt that's going to put him into a larger role. I don't think that's worth it. And then Thompson is going to be a start at some point. 10 and 6 in his 17 minutes. And not a lot else going on for the Rockets. But they are, yeah, they're not looking good at the moment. I wouldn't be holding um, Tari Eason either. I, I don't think that given the absence here, the length of the absence, the other players who've evolved like Whitmore and the ramp-up period that I'm expecting is going to come uh, for Tari, I don't think that that's going to be... I don't think that's going to be worth it for you to uh, to go and grab him. Let's go to the next game, the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. There were some lineup changes here for Dallas due to, uh, due to injuries. We know that they're... Yeah, Preferred starting five was all injured, so Jaden Hardy stepped in and started for Luka Doncic, and they actually went with Rashawn Holmes over Derek Lively, who's out with that fractured nose. Lively might be able to return next game. It also appears that Kyrie Irving could be ready to return. I expect that Doncic is able to return next game as well. So whatever we talk about here with the Mavs, I'm not sure not sure how much it actually matters. The Wolves predictably spanked him. 121-87, the final score here in this game. Rashawn Holmes sort of brought back the old Rashawn Holmes, but also, look at this. He played 30 minutes, and he only got 11 and 10 with two blocks on 67% shooting. I, I wouldn't rush to grab. Jaden Hardy, 15-2-2. Interesting one-game stream. Move on. Tim Hardaway. Well, actually, one of his worst games. 14 points on 16 shots with two threes. Grant Williams. This guy has um, had, I think, five combined points the last two games. 25 minutes here, 2-1-1. One, and one. Just a, a horrid fantasy player. Horrid. And there's not much else going on. We had 15 minutes to AJ Lawson, 20 minutes to Olivier Maxence Prosper, 14 minutes for Dwight Powell. You can just throw this out. Josh Green had 18 points in 29, but Irving, Doncic, Lively, I think they all return next game. Exum and Jones might be back, so none of this matters. I don't think any of it matters at all. And for the Wolves, Towns continues to play really well. 29 and 9, four threes, 31 minutes. Conley. Returned, only needed 25 minutes. 10, 4, and 3, a steal, a block, two triples. Someone's already asked me, do we go and drop Conley now? No. No, what? No. Not at all. Goose. Not a good game from Anthony Edwards. They didn't need a good game, but he was like not interested. Nine points, five shots, five rebounds, five assists. And I tweeted this out again today, but I'll I'll tell you what I said here. I was listening to the uh, Low Post podcast. Zach Lowe was talking to Chanae. I'm going to Mike, I think that's her name. I think that's, you know. Talking, talking to her about the Wolves, and he said something which you know that I have preached a million times, and I have never heard anybody in mainstream media, which I'm not, but Zach is, talk about this. He's like, we can talk and we watch Anthony Edwards and we go, he's awesome, that's great, and Perk can come out here and say, yeah, he's the next Michael Jordan. So as soon as Perk says this, you know, well, that's clearly not true. Um, that's that's me editorializing on that. Like Zach said, yeah, Perk comes out, sees the next Michael Jordan, and they show highlights of him hitting these three step back, fadeaway, mid-range shots, and you go, wow, they look great. And Zach goes, yeah, but they don't show the seven in a row that are terrible shots that he takes. 
and they don't show the times where he passes up an easy look to take this um, ridiculous contested shot or that he misses an easy read. They don't show those things, which is exactly what I've said a million times to everyone here. And I dubbed it. Zach didn't use my term, unfortunately. I'll, I'll let him know about it. Highlight real bias. And it's prevalent in fantasy. It's the eye test people. If you just watch the highlight, no, no, no. Because the highlights don't show the nonsense that happens in between the good plays. So Edwards can hit these really good shots and everyone gets so hyped. Look what he did for Team USA. He's going to be a top 10 guy this year. Well, he's got a lot he needs to do to get there, yeah? And we're seeing it now and it gets reflected when you look at the numbers as a totality. But when you just think about the player, you just think that he's awesome because the stuff that he does is awesome. But then there's the stuff that he doesn't do or does poorly that doesn't get highlighted. And I don't feel like I'm picking on him, but it is a great example because Zach brought that up and talked about it is that you don't highlight the bad things unless it's someone that you hate, Ben Simmons. Then you chuck out all the bad plays and make him look like the worst player in the world. It's really important when valuing players in trades, in pickups, in discussion of rest of season value at draft time to understand that what you get shown through Legion Hoops, NBA Central, ESPN, NBA Countdown, any garbage that dribbles out of Perkins' mouth is that it doesn't tell you the whole story at all. So I appreciate Zach bringing that to a broader audience. Gobert was just dreadful from the line, but 17 and 6 with two blocks is cool. Jada McDaniels, 11, 2 and 4, and his 24 minutes is, once again, you know what I'm going to say, not a 12-team league player. And in a game like this that was a blowout, we still got 26 minutes of the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed, and he had 12 and 8 with three threes. You can absolutely hold Nas Reed. If you're looking fine, do it. He's 185th over the last two weeks. He's 139th for the season. That, to me, does not equal a must-roster player. It's okay. You can do it if you want to. But by no means is that an absolute must. It requires a Towns or a Gobert injury for him to get there. Let's talk about the Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. And they went up against the San Antonio Spurs. I can do the noise because they uh, they won the game. There was a change there. John Isaac uh, unsurprisingly moved back to the bench so that Markel Fultz could return from his one-game rest to get the starting nod, which he did. Um, and he was into that starting lineup, and they get the victory over the Spurs, 108-98, the final score. Palo had 25-9-7 and seven in 36 minutes, shot well, really good game. We know he's been pretty up and down with some of the consistency stuff, but that was good, while Franz Wagner was also good, 20-8, five assists to steal. Someone messaged me someone and said, hey, what do you think about Franz Wagner dynasty-wise long-term? I'm just, yeah, you know me. I'm going to be going on sidebars, tangents, all that sort of stuff. And they said, is there, um, is there any, like, what do you think about if I traded Franz? Do you think that maybe he could get to, um, you know, could he ever have a season like Desmond Bain? I go, bro, he's better than Desmond Bain. As much as good as Desmond Bain is, I think Franz Wagner is going to be a significantly better player than Desmond Bain from fantasy and real life in the future. But what I also think that highlights is that there's a little bit of an underrating of Franz as a, as a player and as a prospect that these guys are like, oh, best case he becomes Desmond Bain. No, no, no. Best case he's way better than Desmond Bain, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I've got pretty high hopes for him as a, uh, as a long-term fantasy dynasty asset. But maybe I'm wrong too. Maybe you can use that to try and sell him off if you want. Suggs played 33 minutes. Seven points. Yuck. But five assists and four steals. That's enough to keep him on the roster spot. So what we wanted to see, though, is what that meant for John Isaac. And Isaac had four blocks. Fantastic. But only 18 minutes. So he's in that 14-team zone. He's a stream guy for 12s, but he's definitely not a must-add player. Uh, Fultz had 31 minutes, 11, 7, and 4 with two steals. But with Fultz getting 31, Suggs getting 33, that meant Cole Anthony barely played. And obviously, you've jacked him weeks ago. But if you haven't, jack him now. Get that garbage out of here. Wendell Carter had foul trouble. That's why his minutes were down. Very early fouls for him. He had 14 and 5. We're still holding him in 12-team leagues. And Mr. Black had two points in his 17 minutes because last game he had 20 points and he's not that level of player. Very, very obviously for the Spurs, Victor Womanyama, 30 minutes, 21 and 8. Three assists, two steals, six blocks. It's a joke, man. I know I say it all the time. It's a legitimate joke. Wait, what, what if he plays 35 minutes in three years' time? What's he going to average? Have a guess. Comments, chat. What do you think? Victor's stat line in year four of his career. 27, 12, 5, 1.5 steals, 3.4 blocks, 53, 85 on eight attempts. The number one player in fantasy by the length of whatever you can measure. The best player in fantasy, un- unquestioned, is my guess. It's going to be stupid. Jeremy Sohan bounced back, 18 and 12 with two blocks on 62%. Really good. Trey Jones, only eight points. Talked about him on the buy low, sell high, saying some of that shooting stuff will come down, and it did, but he still maintained the other stuff, which is great. Eight assists and three steals, while Devin Vassell had 26, four and four. 
No Kelden in this game, so more minutes for Chetty Osman. Last game, Chetty went crazy, and we said that, yeah, that's your once-a-month big Chetty game. So he had eight points in 28 minutes. That is why you don't buy into that. And the Trojan Domi Barlow got some uh, run with old mate Zach Collins out again. Was there a chance that Zach Collins, who came back ahead of his reevaluation date for an ankle injury, noticing a pattern, um, and now has just been out for another week? Is there a chance he came back too early? Never. Never. Why would that happen? That's never happened before, ever. Ever. I don't think I've ever ever heard of that happening, but anyway, that's fine. Uh, sometimes things just don't go the way that you think they're going to go, do they? Anyway, snarky Josh on fire. Well, not on fire. I'm, I'm annoying myself with my snark at the moment. Let's talk about the next game. It was the Denver Nuggets. They took on the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Nuggets, Nikola Jokic was out. He was um, had uh, back pain, so they started Peyton Watson, which is exciting. And uh, the Bronco, Jalen Williams, was also out with an ankle problem, and they started the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams. Although in the second half, it was Aaron Wiggins who was into that position. The update on Jalen Williams was that, well, it wasn't particularly clear from old mate Mark Dagnott, but it was basically, yeah, it's not a one-game thing. We're expecting a couple of games out here for both him and Isaiah Joe, who was out of this game. So, yeah, like, be prepared for a week or so with an ankle sprain here for Jalen, if not longer. The Nuggets still kept it competitive without Jokic, 105-100. The headmaster had 16-3-4, Jamal Murray in 39 minutes, but they, I added DeAndre Jordan. I thought they'll start DeAndre Jordan here. I picked him up, and then I saw he wasn't starting, immediately dropped him and added Peyton Watson. Jordan played zero minutes in a game where Jokic didn't play. Kudos to Mike Malone realizing that DeAndre Jordan shouldn't be playing, but just didn't expect it. Peyton Watson started. He had nine points in 21 minutes with two steals and a block. 30% shooting's rough. Um, would have hoped for a little bit more. I still really buy him as a future top 100 fantasy player. Aaron Gordon, 39 minutes, 16, 13, and 7 with four blocks. We love that. The percentages are disgusting. 44% playing as a center and one of six from the line. He's one of those ones you've got to be really cautious of because when you go to look at his rank numbers, it'll tell you that he's like 200th or something. You go, well, what am I doing here? And then you punt free throws and he's 100th. And you go, okay, cool. Because his free throws and volume is terrible. And then he chucks in. How many terrible field goal percentage games has Aaron Gordon had this year? I reckon he's had two 0 for 6 pluses at least. But really good other stuff there. Michael Ponder continues to sort of hover. 39 minutes is good, but 15 and 8 with three threes is not. And KCP, 11 points, three threes, one steal. If you like that in your 12-team league, go for it. I just think that if you use his spot to stream, you get way more value out of it. And I've been relatively, and by relatively, man, 100% consistent on that all year. We also got 30 minutes out of Reggie Jackson, which I didn't see coming. 16, 4, and 3 in his 30 minutes. For the Thunder, Shea had 34, 7, and 5, two blocks. We love that. And Chet Holmgren had 18 and 13 with five blocks. We talked about how he'd been struggling a little bit. Great to see a big bounce back from Chet. Aaron Wiggins, the guy I think is just good. I'm not sure how good he's going to be in fantasy, but I've had questions two days in a row about him on the live streams saying, hey, what do you think his like, long-term value is? And my thing has always been, I think maybe peaks at top 175. 12 and 4, 25 minutes, two threes. He's just amazingly efficient. Maybe 175 is not high enough because over the last two weeks, he's 166th in 19 minutes. I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Wiggins started next game instead of Kenrich Williams. And that would make him at least a 14-team ad. Joshy Giddy, yeah, still not doing it. 18% shooting, 8, 9, and 5. If you're in a 10 teamer, you, you can jack him. Get that garbage out of here. And Lou Dort, <laughs> this guy, man. 7 points, 27%. Absolutely not a 12-team league guy. And Kaysen Wallace isn't either. Kaysen played only 20 minutes. He had 5 and 2. He'd started nearly every game that a starter had been out, uh, except this one where they went with someone else instead of Jalen Williams. So, yeah, you don't need to be rostering Kaysen Wallace. I thought there was a chance that he would start. He did not. He also got 17 minutes out of Vasily Micic who had 12, 2, and 5. I wouldn't read too much into that, but Wiggins is the guy that I am uh, keeping my eye on there for the Thunder. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant, return to take on the Brooklyn Nets uh, in Brooklyn, and they get the uh, fairly comfortable victory there in the end. Grayson Allen was out for Phoenix, so Eric Gordon stepped into the starting lineup, which was what we expected to happen. And yeah, it was a pretty easy win. They win 136-120, the final score there. On the Phoenix side of the equation, Durant had 33-5-8 with two blocks. Nurkic was amazing. 28-11-6, 30 minutes, two blocks. He'd obviously been trending down a little bit before this game, but that's huge to get that back. While Booker had 22-3-8, two steals and a block. So big games from those three. What about Beal? Yeah, nah. 37 minutes, 12-4-5. 
I still maintain that there is a big buy low here because I just don't believe that Bradley Beal is this poor of a shooter. Low usage, sure, he might be that guy, but not this bad of a shooter because it has not been good. Obviously, this season, really, really bad. Eric Gordon had 17, 2, and 4 in 32 minutes with five threes. As long as Allen is out, which I don't know how long that'll be, Gordon is going to be a 12-team streamer. And of course, with Nurkic playing 30 minutes, we only got 18 minutes out of Drew Eubanks. The reserve minutes went to Akogi and Bates-Diop. And Akogi was all right, 11 and 7, but I'm not going to read too much into that. On the net side of things, what's happening here? No Ben Simmons, obviously, with a knee issue. Lonnie Walker played 31 minutes. He had 19, 3, and 7 with four steals and took 16 shot attempts. That's a lot. Now, that's with Simmons and Finney-Smith out, but that's huge. And that is eye-opening. I don't think that we need to add Lonnie Walker. But if he's going to play that many minutes, you've got to be interested. The thing is, though, you look at everyone else's playing time. And they all sort of played their normal minutes. So when Simmons plays and when Finney-Smith plays, how much does Lonnie get? I don't mind a long term, a, a deeper league ad. Not sure it's a 12 turn, but that is a huge game. Thomas was great again, 33 minutes, 25, 2 and 4 with two steals. Um, really efficient. I, I'd always, and by great, like he's still a minus 11. I would be, uh, Walker was a minus 14, by the way. I'd be always interested in selling off Thomas when he puts together these string of high efficiency games because there is going to be a stretch where he still takes the same shots but shoots 30% and that drops all his value down. But good to get the two steals. And Cam Johnson's last two games have been good as well. After a, a wretched run, he had 18 points, three threes, two steals and a block. Still think the upside's pretty low for Johnson, but good game. Pretty disappointing to get only 30 minutes out of Nick Claxton. He had 12 and nine with four assists. Um, and Dinwiddie had 16, two and five, who I don't believe is a 12, 10 player. And Bridges was inefficient, horribly inefficient. 21 points with six threes, 44 from the field, one of three from the line, and continues to be, I guess it depends on where you drafted him, but he is also one of in, in line for one of the biggest busts of the season. Not as big as Jordan Poole, but definitely one of the biggest busts of the season. Dennis Smith had four points in 19 minutes, and O'Neal had three in 21. But again, like if does Simmons play? Does Winfrey Smith returns? What does that mean? The Lonnie Walker thing's a really interesting part, and they're a little bit like weirdly crowded now, I guess, like with how all those minutes need to shake out. And I, I don't, I don't exactly know what they're going to do. It is an interesting conundrum. I don't think Lonnie can maintain 12 team value, but it was definitely interesting, wasn't it? All right, let's roll into the final game of the day. I'm not going to do the full monstrous line and wrap up at the end of the show. I've got to cut things uh, a bit a bit fine here because I've got, to, I've got to head out straight after I record this. And I thought you'd rather do that than wait for um, wait for you know, three hours for the show to come up. So yeah, we'll just go through this final game. The Portland Trailblazers host the returning revenge game legend Damian Lillard and they win 119-116. Let's talk about Lillard, who had a non-revenge gamey 25-6-7 in 40 minutes and shot 39%. The struggles of this shot continue this season. Is it a scheme thing, a coaching thing, a Giannis thing? Because we He's not this shooter. That's the problem. Is that everything would be fine if he just shot normally, and I don't know why he's so bad at it. But like I talked about earlier with DeRozan, players at age 33-34, at some point, there's just a big hit. Has it happened to Lillard? I don't think so, but I don't know the results would say otherwise. Middleton played 34 minutes, 21 to an eight. Lopez was strong across the board, 19, four and three with two blocks. Yanni did his thing, 28 and four with three steals and a block and was bad at the line as usual. And the two guys who were always wanting to pay attention to, Leaky Beasley, 29 minutes, seven and six. That's droppable. Bobby Portis, 11 and six in 22 minutes. That's droppable, but wait. Because they're the only team that plays across the Saturday, Sunday, back to back. So while Leaky Beasley's not a hold, while Bobby Portis is not a hold yet, Portis is rostered in a absolute ton of leagues. Don't know why. Hold them for now, because they play the Saturday, Sunday, and nobody else does. So if you're looking for those two games, you get them in there. Again, that would depend on what other moves you can make and other guys you're looking to, to have a crack at, but their overall production is not 12-team worthy. For the Blazers, the snowman, DeAndre Ayton, 35 minutes, 20 and 11, steal on a block. He's been great. He's top 20 over his last five games. At some point, it's going to cool off, but this is awesome. Simons, 24-3-5. Great. Brogdon, 14-6-6. Pulled back a little bit. Again, give me your top 100 play. You might not even have to go that high because now there's stuff coming out saying Brogdon wouldn't mind not being traded. I just think even if he does stay in Portland, this is not going to be his role long term. 
Shaden Sharp is going to take these minutes, and Scoot, I guess, would get more of them at some point. Jeremy Grant had 18, 3, and 4 in his 38 minutes. And speaking of Sterling, he had 15 points in 22 minutes with four assists and nothing else for Scooter. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe that he's a must-hold player. You can stash him, absolutely. Uh, we'll see what happens at the deadline. We're a week away, so it's not a problem if you want to hold, but I'm not convinced of that. And it was not a good night for Jabari Walker. They went back to Tamani Kamara and Matisse Thibault. Walker was like 8-5-2 and two in 16 minutes is good. The problem is he only played 16 minutes. He is moving from, hey, you can probably do enough right now to into a, yeah, maybe you're a luxury stash in case Jeremy Grant gets dealt or shut down. So look at where you are in the standings and what you want to do with Jabari. But if you want to move on, move on. Because he was playing well and he's not. And the minutes are losing out, and we could see something change. I don't know that we will, but we absolutely could see that. I'll quickly run through who the monstrous line of the night was. I'm just not going to prepare everything as we normally do. Don Mitchell was your monstrous, followed by Harden and Miles Bridges. Your waiver wire line of the night was Ayo Desumu. Just go and grab him. Your young gun of the night was... Ooh, it wasn't Victor Wembanyama. It was Keegan Murray. Just pipped Vic. And your dud of the night was... Ah, oh, Jabari Smith. Of course it was. Zero points in 22 minutes. What an ab- One of the worst lines of the season from a uh, allegedly good player. Don't forget, you know what to do. You thumb it up, you leave your comments, you subscribe, bell, all of that stuff. Sorry again about not doing the full end to the show. We just, I just need to get out of here. Um, I probably should do the stream of the day recap as well. Should I? Yeah, I probably should. Let me just quickly run through that. Nick Richards was the 10-team stream of the day. And Nick had 10 and 6 with a block. That's all right. Your 12-team stream of the day was Jaden Hardy. And how did that go? Look, that was all right. He had 15, 2, and 2. Look, that's not too bad. Your 14-team stream of the day was uh, John Isaac. And those four blocks are really nice in that scenario. He had 8 and 4 with four blocks. And the 16-team stream of the day was Cody Martin, which, poor shooting. But Cody had six assists. So, yeah, not not all that. 7.6 assists, one rebound. Not particularly strong there. And your points league streams were Jaden Hardy, which was which was okay. Okay. Again, sorry for the abrupt end to the show, guys. Um, even if you hate the way that I end the show, thumb it up, like it. Apologies. We'll be back tomorrow. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Can't find my little thing. There it is. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> See ya.